0: Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. I want to ask you a question. If someone asked you what made you feel alive, what would you say? Think about that. Oh, Jesus, I love it. Yeah, like, come on, Wednesday night. Maybe it's, uh, we just got out of Thanksgiving, maybe it was sitting around the table with, if you're a mother or grandmother here in this place, and all the family and the grandkids came back and they were all under one roof, made you feel alive. Can any mothers relate to that one right there? It just brings a warmth. Or maybe if I got any fishermen in the room tonight, you're out on that water, you can't see the land, you're casting or you're dropping or you're scuba diving and shooting, whatever the case might be, and you feel alive. You, the boat, and water. I remember this one specific time, uh, a moment I distinctly felt alive. I had a motorcycle. Now, my wife, since then, has made me sell my motorcycle. But I remember, man, I was in Vegas and I had this motorcycle helmet and I sat on it and my beautiful soon-to-be bride Brittany was on the back and we were cruising up the mountains and I'm riding the motorcycle. The sun was setting in the mountains and, man, I felt alive. See, tonight we're going to be looking at what it means to truly be alive. A lot of the times when we look at uh, the... The things or the activities of the world, we say, that makes me feel alive. But the truth be told, there's only one person that can bring real, real, honest life to us, and his name is Jesus. So today we're gonna to continue our look at Colossians, and uh, we've been in the series called Clarity. Let me give us, a, I know we've been out of the loop for a couple weeks, so I want to bring a little historical background to where we're at. Paul is writing to a very small group of believers in this city called Colossae. So he's writing to this group of small numbers, which is interesting because Paul is in prison. Why would Paul spend this time writing to such a small group of people, a man of his stature who's leading the Christian movement? It's because Paul was writing to a small group, but he was talking about a bigger Principle, this principle of deception. Deception was inundating these believers, and Paul needed to address it. Because he addresses it, it's a timeless principle for us. Because no matter what, there's always deception that is happening in culture and in life. As believers, as people who have a relationship with Jesus, we have to have our antennas up to be aware of the deception that comes along in life. And let me just lay it out here. It always comes in different ways, speaks to you in in different avenues, and looks different than it did back in the church or back in history. And so today, join me, Colossians chapter 2, tonight when we talk about what it means to be alive in Jesus. So for number one, if you're reading, writing, taking notes, when it comes to being alive, it means coming to understand that Jesus brings true fullness. Jesus brings true fullness. This is what Paul wants this church to understand. He writes this going from verse 6 tonight, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him now I want to hone in on that word follow in many translations it says walk in him see when it comes to fullness fullness is equated with progress you cannot be full in Christ but not be actively in pursuit of progress the, I think a lot of the greatest hiccups and hang-ups people have is they maybe encounter Jesus but they quit with the progress of their walk The fullness comes with progress. Steady progress. Notice it says, if you look at different translations, some of the Greek it says, when you walk in him, it's not a sprint. It's not walking hastily. It's walk. It's a slow, steady progress progress meaning if your relationship with Jesus is going to be the greatest it can possibly be you have to understand and we have to own and hold on to the fact that it is going to be a step-by-step daily journey with progress verse 7 continues he says this let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him Paul is writing it's all about Jesus then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. He continues in verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human. And that's where we dial in, where Jesus is God. Fullness of God is displayed, is revealed through Christ. That's why we look, that's why we lean into what Jesus and who he is in our lives. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Fullness, completion with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. See, Jesus brings fullness to be alive and Jesus means we have a fullness. A lot of times we'll search for activities and we'll go through different events, ups, downs, ins and outs, looking to fill voids. When only one void can be filled or one play, person can fill that void and that's Jesus. See there's this understanding we saw there's, there's two uh, highlights of deception that Paul mentions. The first one is this, human thinking. Human thinking is dangerous because we have this understanding when it comes to human thinking, we will accept it if we can reason with it. Now, that's hard for a lot of people because if we can accept it, there's means there's reason. But there's a lot of things in life that just do not make sense. And we see this from the very early on at the very early ages of earth, when we see in Genesis 11, there's there's this familiar story in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel, where these men come together, they're all speaking one language, and they try to build a tower to heavens to be with God virtually. To have that kind of divinity or access to divinity, and little did they know there was not even something they could do about it. And and God very quickly handled that situation, came, uh, spoke to them, gave them different languages. They couldn't build; they were confused, and that ended that construction project. Human thinking comes with human reasoning. That's not always making sense. We don't always understand how God is moving. Why isn't God answering our prayers? We scratch our head and we say, God, I've been praying and I've been seeking you for this and that, and yet we're still sitting there waiting. See, fullness comes when we're walking with him. Paul also highlights that the other point of deception comes from spiritual powers. Different religions, false teachers, We here at Faith believe only the way we can meet God is through Jesus. There's no other way. But I think a lot of times we forget that it's not just the physical realm we're battling in. It's also the spiritual realm. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, it's not in your notes, but in chapter 10, this is a great reminder. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God to take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's why we gather here on our midweek service. If you're trying to push through an obstacle in your life, if there is a hang up, a hurt, a pain, and you're not coming to pr- pray about it at first point, that's where I would encourage you to start. Because there's so much when it comes to the fullness of God that we need to address that there is human thinking and there's also spiritual powers at play. That's why I love that song we just sang. It's the fight begins on our knees, our hands lifted high. Because we have to be praying, we have to be pressing forward. We have to be continuing to walk in the Lord. So what's that mean to us this evening is this. We need to be part of a loving and learning community, a church. I think we all need to dive in. We're kicking off groups coming up in the turn of the year. I encourage you, get connected, get plugged in. Number two for us, what Jesus brings when it comes to being alive is not only do we find our fullness in him, but we also find forgiveness in him. Uh, Some of the conversations I have with individuals, some of the hangups they face in life, that they can't get past is dealing with this area of forgiveness. They either can't forgive what has happened to them or they can't forgive themselves for doing something that is maybe painful or hurt loved ones. See, when we're alive in Christ, what we're saying is we are giving it all over to him. He is cutting things out of our life and we are relying on him and he's forgiven us, giving us a clean slate to work with. Colossians 2, 11 and 15, we continue. and When you came to Christ, this is Paul again talking to this church of Colossae, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Now, In Genesis 17, we see that there is this distinguish, this physical distinguish uh, between God's people, the Israelite nation. They had to go through this physical process of circumcision. That would mean, that would highlight the Abrahamic law individuals, the Israelites would be over here because they were circumcised. Now, throughout the Old Testament, we believe here at Faith that both Old Testament and New Testament are of value and all point to Jesus and the coming back of him, and what we're seeing is after a while, the Jewish people became so consumed with this physical ritual that they're missing who Jesus was. They missed the Messiah. See, it's very easy for us to get consumed, get caught up with the physical that we're missing, that Jesus is removing also the hang-ups in our hearts, the the mess-ups in our lives. He is cutting away our sinful nature. He's cutting away, and I believe this happens daily for us. I believe we have to keep coming back to Colossians 2, 11 through 15. Daily, he is working to eliminate things that we struggle with. Um, I, I always find it interesting, we sometimes think, hey, I'll meet Jesus if you're new, You meet Jesus, you start a relationship, but then you still have that battle of what is taking place of what maybe you came in with. So that's where this process of when we meet Jesus, he's cutting away some of the, the issues, but it's this daily walk, this daily fullness, this daily progress that we have to be diligent with. Continues on in verse 12, Paul writes, "'For you were buried with Christ.'" When you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Now I want to stop here and look at this word baptized Uh, whenever Paul is addressing this. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. There's some, there's some Christian, I'm going to kind of jump into the deep end, there's some leaders who so strongly believe when it comes to baptism that you don't have a relationship with Jesus until you do get baptized. Now, I'm not taking it that far, but I want to draw your attention to this point. Baptism is one of the sacraments that is given in, in Matthew uh, chapter 28, one of the commands, I should say, excuse me, that is given in Matthew chapter eight, go and baptize. It is this act and posture of obedience. That means if you have a relationship with God, if you desire to know him, that means you accept Jesus in your life, but then you are to go get baptized. That's why I strongly encourage individuals. That's why our leadership team encourages individuals. You meet Jesus, go get baptized. It's this idea, this this wrestle of maybe potentially disobedience taking place in your life. When you say, hey, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I have yet to get baptized. See, it's vital that we lean into every part of when we look in our scripture to say, hey, okay, am I baptized? Do I need to make that step? Because that's symbolizing that I'm, I'm dying to myself and I'm being raised to new life. See, Paul is commending this church because they're living so fervently, but I also think we need to stress that a little bit to say, hey, are we living in obedience to God's call in our life, to what God's asking of us? Because that will eliminate the fullness of how he can operate in your life. I fundamentally believe that. It's obedience. It's this walk. It's this progress. Verse 13, we continue, and you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record and charges against us and took away it by nailing to the cross. Jesus going to the cross. That means he eliminated all the IOUs and the ancient and Old Testament law and he put them on himself. He put that on the act of a cross and he atoned for you and I. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, when it comes to understanding that that salvation comes to the cross, we are forgiven for our inequities, for everything that is uh, maybe a, a, a hurt, a past mistake, sin in our life. Jesus brings total forgiveness. If you wanna be alive, you have to press past those moments that you're not either forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. So is that, hey, you need to meet and sit down with a counselor? Does that that mean you need to sit down with a pastor? Does that mean you need to approach somebody so you can get past some of your uh, uh, mess ups or what's happened in the past? See, if you wanna be alive, you can't have forgiveness, which can lead into bitterness taking place. Number three for us, when it comes to being alive, is this: we understand that Jesus brings complete freedom. Um, I, I remember in a very young age, when I was very uh, maybe new to understanding who Jesus was in my life, is I equated church with do's and don'ts. Anybody else? Can you can you relate with that? Maybe like you come into church and you're like. Oh boy, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go here. I can't act like that. I have to almost, like I remember, and I've said it before, like I had this outfit, like I had my church uniform, I felt like slacks, dress shoes, collared shirt, like there was no jeans, there was no shorts for me growing up, like that's how it was. And it was this very uh, exact kind of way of living. And I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's great. I think it's cool. Whatever floats your boat in essence, right? Right. But I think what happens is one of the greatest mistakes we can make as a church is thinking that we have to be so ritualistic, legalistic, do this, do that, and it's not even accounted for in scripture. That's why we always have to address. I remember, and I've mentioned it before, you know, drums and guitars and all that, you know, you rewind 50 years, you never would have imagined that. Now look how God's used that to benefit and to grow music in the church. One of the greatest mistakes we can fall is the thinking that false teaching also only comes from maybe different religions or or different. That is some of it. But freedom also, when we talk about Jesus brings complete freedom, is coming to this understanding that it isn't just uh, it's not just false teaching, but it's not just rituals. It's everything it's not just what happened in the old testament it's what is also taking place now see Paul goes on he writes that true freedom is Jesus to be alive is Jesus it's not being caught up in the rules of church it's not being caught up in maybe what is being said over there or even in the political divide I believe that can bring a lot of uh viewpoints See, Jesus brings freedom. He's stressing that and he's pointing to that. Colossians 2, verses 16 and 23. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or the new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Again, he's talking to this church that is being inundated with philosophies and different mysticisms. See, don't allow others to speak how you should live. That is outside of the context that is written in the Bible. For these rules, in verse 17 he continues, for these rules are only shadows of reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or worship of angels, saying that they have visions and these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. So Paul is saying there's a lot that we can get wrapped up in. We can get proud as followers that, oh, I attended church X amount this time, this year we can make that we discussed a little bit on Sunday we can make that the priority when really some of these things is about loving God loving people don't let the pride seep in as Paul is what Paul is addressing and they are not connected to Christ the head of the body for he holds the whole body together with joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? So I I think that's always challenging for us to break down and us to look at. One practical example is this. Uh, uh, I've been uh, with some friends and whatnot. We have family out in California And it's totally different cultures. It's this idea of if you're Christian, you vote this way at times. And if you're Christian, you vote this way at times. One of the greatest, I think, daily philosophies that impede right now that we have to fight against is remembering that we are first God, citizens to God's kingdom, versus citizens to the United States of America. So it's this understanding of, okay, there's maybe some policies out there, but if someone comes and they knock on your door, they're malnourished and they're looking for food and they're looking for something to drink, how are you going to handle that? How are you going to respond to that? See, Jesus brings freedom because it's not an accountability to necessarily what's taking place, but it's accountability to him. That if we want to grow in progress, we grow roots through him. Verse twenty, you have died, or excuse me, in verse twenty-two. Such rules are mere human teachings. Again, going back to this thinking that Paul is addressing, teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise, basic, because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. See, it's this idea of ignoring legalism. It's this idea of saying that it's not a ritual. It's that's pharisaical to think, hey, if I do this, if I operate like this, then I'm fine. When everything that Paul is rooting, his belief and his trust and what he's teaching to this church, it's all about the superiority of Jesus. See, to be made alive means that we're full, we're in progress, that we're forgiven, that we have a freedom found in Jesus. And tonight, as we close and as the worship team comes forward, I want to encourage you, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, my question to you is, where are you finding your life, your, your enjoyment, the, the passion from? Is it from what Jesus is bringing into your life? Is it from the idea that you're anchoring yourself, that you're rooting yourself in him and in the, the gospel and what you're learning in, in your prayer life? Or are you living for those events or those moments and trying to face your or trying to figure out life outside of him? So I commend you if you're here with us watching online. I mean, you're one of the people who are committed, who are searching, who are seeking, who don't just want to settle, but want to continue to grow in that progress. And I want to continue to encourage you because tonight is the best night of our week because it's where we take an evaluation of our hearts, of our minds and say, God, continue to make us alive through your son, Jesus. So tonight we're going to close in prayer and a time of reflection and then we're going to enter to a song and Pastor Steph will hear in a moment dismiss us. But I just want to encourage you, no matter what you go through, there's only one place where we truly are full and alive and that is Jesus. Let's pray this evening. Lord, we give you this time right now we worship you and we praise you. Tonight we looked at your word in Colossians as the Apostle Paul is fighting deception to this church, may we be aware of some modern-day deception from human thinking and reasoning to what's maybe out there in certain political environments to what's being taught in our lost loved neighbors who are maybe buying into some of this um, false religion out there. Lord, we know that everything begins, ends, and everything in the middle is about your son Jesus. May we build our lives on that. May we grow in progress. May we be rooted in there. And in your great name, tonight we say amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8, 15, and 10, 45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.